0: Okay uh welcome everybody and uh, I am uh in the middle of setting up a Zoom and uh because this is going to
1: be a simulcast of a calling and the Zoom so bear with me uh for a few minutes thank you Okay, I'm going to test my audio a little bit. Uh, I can tell the Zoom is functioning.
0: And uh, bear with me a second, setting up a simulcast
1: uh, with the calling and the Zoom at the same time. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, what I did is I just posted uh, the link
0: to the Zoom meeting, and uh, I believe uh, if you click on that link to the, uh, uh, it will bring you to a Zoom meeting uh, either on your phone or on your computer, uh, which is going to have the simulcast of this uh, calling. Uh, please uh, uh, put in in the comment section if you can hear the uh if you can hear the uh the the audio from zoom or not uh keep in mind that uh if you probably want to mute one of the two because you simply cannot have a call in calling and uh zoom running at the same time because it will give you the double talk okay so give me one more
1: minute and uh, I'm going to get started for today. Okay, I'm going to get started. Uh, today is June the 19th. Uh, it's a, both a
0: Father's Day and a Juneteenth Day, and uh, of course, a happy Father's Day to everyone uh, who are listening live, and also happy Juneteenth Day. Uh, today, I'm just going to recap uh, what I did in the past uh, eight or nine episodes, and uh, also try this uh, uh, simulcast out because. Uh, Uh, I find out this can be a good uh, solution for uh, in case uh, uh, calling podcasters wants to share their screen or show some videos while talking to the uh, uh, callers at the same time. So I have uh, shared my screen uh, and uh, hopefully uh, whoever is uh, checking out the Zoom link can see my screen and uh, also on that screen, uh, you should be able to see the, uh, uh, my my notes, uh, literally, literally my talking points, uh, and also you're able to see a YouTube video which is about the uh, French parliamentary election because I'm sharing my screen here, and uh, also you should be able to see a Library of Congress uh, webpage. Okay, so hopefully this works. Basically, again, right now on the Zoom uh, conference room, you should be able to hear everything that Colin is broadcasting. In addition to that, you should be able to see my screen. And also, in case I want to play video, you will be able to see the video and audio of that. That's the Zoom broadcast. And needless to say, this can be broadcast to YouTube and other platforms, and while the uh, calling is recording as a social podcast. OK, so with that said, I'm going to get started uh, with a recap. So today, uh, I'm going to try to keep it short. Uh, the introduction is about the Father's Day. I want to make some comments about uh, Uh, Our founding fathers, Uh, we all have fathers, and uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, I will use my example. My father may not be a perfect father, but uh, he is a fantastic father. He's a great father. He did everything he could for my future. And uh, despite his uh, shortcomings, you know, uh, which I'm aware of, it is the same uh, with the with the Founding Fathers, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, uh, I want to say is that uh, 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 there is a pro- uh, this, uh, this uh, famous project called the pro- uh, 1619 Project, which uh, uh, in my opinion, uh, uh, excessively criticized uh, the Founding Fathers because the fact they own slaves, uh, however i disagree respectfully with with the folks at the 1619 project i will use that as an example right now i'm uh, on the zoom conference room i'm going to a website called the uh, classroomlaw.org classroom log, uh, sorry classroom law uh, uh in this page which i'm sharing on the uh, uh, on the on my Zoom's uh, conference room, it shows a a, a a plate in Jamestown, Virginia, about the 1619 uh, Africans arriving in Virginia. On that plate, it says the first documented Africans in English America arrived at Jamestown in August 1619. A Dutch man of war captured them from the Spanish who had enslaved them and sold them to the Virginia colonists. The 20 and the odd Africans, some of whom had been given Spanish names may have been treated like indentured servants and later freed after their periods of servitude expired. From this beginning, the institution of slavery evolved during the 17th century As the Virginia colonists extended the length of service for Africans from a fixed term to life, the United States abolished slavery in 1865. What I want to emphasize is that this plate literally said, when these Africans arrived in 1619, they are not slaves. They are indentured servants. When they became slaves is in 1640. In 1640, Virginia General Court, uh, uh, basically a judge, sentenced an African to be a slave. That's the first documented slave. The time here is very important because, uh, again, because uh, I believe our founding fathers is being excessively criticized for their shortcomings. Certainly, I disagree with them on uh, owning slaves. But the fact is that slavery is already in existence in 1640, which is about 136 years before the American independence. This means just make, do the math. That means that none of the founding fathers
1: were, was born when the, when the slavery gets started. So they literally inherited a slavery
0: system. They did. They did. A, they been benefit from from the slavery, and it has become a law of the land. So they certainly have no interest to overturn the slavery when they are fighting with the British for our independence. So, so that's what I want to say is that we should not treat our founding fathers with extremist views, nor should we be limited by their shortcomings. They clearly have their flaws, right? But I want to say that our founding fathers did set forth a democratic aspiration. All men are created equal, and rights of men are inalienable by any form of government. So that's the first thing I want to talk about as an introduction. Because today is also the Juneteenth, which is also called Black Independence Day. I'm going to conclude today's episode by commenting on that. So I have started this show, I define the white, white privilege very differently from, from, the, uh, from the other folks, basically. Uh, mainly is that I have defined the white pr- privilege as a legal and a governmental structure in a white majoritarian democracy. America was founded as a democracy, but at the same time, it's also a white majoritarian democracy. So basically, the white majorities uh, occupy the legislature, the the executive branch, and the judicial branch. So in the legislative branch, the white privilege is a seen or unseen discretionary power exercised by the white majority and its proxies driven by overt or unconscious racial bias to make laws that favor the white majority at the expense of the racial minority. In the executive branches, the white privilege is a seen or unseen discretionary power exercised by the white majority and its proxies, driven by overt or unconscious racial bias to enforce laws through customs or policies or manners that favor the white majority at the expense of racial minorities. And in the judicial branch, which is important, which I'm going to explain later, the white privilege is a seen and unseen discretionary power exercised by the white majority judges and, its pro- and their proxies, driven by overt and unconscious racial bias, to administer justice in manners that deprive racial minorities of their constitutional rights and the privileges these are three tiers of a judicial white privilege Sorry, these are three tiers of white privileges operate independently from each other or sometimes they can cooperate with each other so uh in the middle of this show uh, I for, uh, I don't quite remember when this started, I had a little debate, which is a very meaningful debate with a nice host. Uh, I'm calling you guys can find out this group called the uh, uh, Pan Burn Hangout show, which is hosted by a, a, a bunch of guys and girls, which is a fascinating show. I once attended the one of the episode. Uh, I believe the name of their show uh, then was called uh because white, pri- uh, white privilege does not exist. Convince me otherwise. Uh, the host is, uh, I think, a British guy, at least a guy with a British accent. And his uh, uh, calling name is uh, Maze Star Walk. So I had a great conversation with him because uh, I tried to convince him there's truly a thing called the white privilege itself. So it's through those discussions I was able to explain to the audience, his audience, basically, there there are indelible landmarks of white privilege in the United States of America. Some of them has become a historic site. Some are still active today, legally speaking, okay? So I'm gonna go over that again. First thing, reservations. Reservations is a territory the government set a boundary for the Native Americans, right? You don't have a reservation for white Americans, only for Native Americans. It's a special treatment the government gave to the Native Americans. That's you cannot erase that. That's that's one of our America's landmarks. There are many of them. There are many of them. Plantations, plantations is another territory or area set with boundaries by the government, where the slaves have to stay inside, within those boundaries. There's no plantation for the white slaves, right? The the plantation, again, is, is you cannot just erase it.
1: Anyone, white, black, whoever, they can deny white privilege. But these landmarks are the proof of white privilege. Chinese exclusion act
0: not a lot of people knows since the enactment of a Chinese exclusion act there's a 10,000 Chinese persons in this country file petition with the court saying they have the rights to stay in America
1: okay 10,000 that's a very large amount of people and there there there's a cases there's your famous supreme court cases so those you cannot erase.
0: The fourth one, U.S. territories, specifically Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, but they are not a sovereign state of the United States, right? And, uh, and as a matter of fact, which I'm gonna go over uh, in the future episode is uh, the, uh, the, the Supreme Court Justice of Puerto Rico,
1: who is a Harvard educated uh, lawyer, he has concluded Puerto Rico is America's oldest colony. Let me repeat, in this, you know, Harvard educated judge's opinion, Puerto Rico, as of today, is the oldest, longest
0: colony of the United States. So the people there, they are not treated as the same as the people here on the continent of the States. The fifth landmark is internment camps. These are Japanese uh, person who were interned during the Second World War. Not only the historic sites of these internment camps, the Supreme Court decision that uh, justify these internment camps are still law of the land. They are never overturned.
1: There's no internment camps for white people. There's only internment camps for Japanese. So all these above the landmarks, they are actually supported
0: by courts. And uh, and they cannot be denied by the white privilege deniers. Okay? So, and the uh, next one I want to talk, why, why judicial white privilege? Why, you know, people ask, why you just focus on, you know, out of the three white privileges in the legisl- uh, legislature, in the executive branch, you know, there's a lot of white privilege in, in the police. Why I don't talk about that, right? So, because uh, I think the white judicial white privilege is the highest tier of the white privilege, meaning you have a few well educated, very smart, very intelligent. Judges sitting on the high bench in courts across this country, and they are supposed to be the gatekeeper of justice, right? No matter what white privilege you you, you experience in a in in the law made by Congress or by your local le- legislatures or by your local police department. They can do whatever they want, as long as you can go to the court saying, hey, that's not right under the Constitution of the United States, then you are still safe. You are safe from white privilege. But unfortunately, courts who are supposed to be the gatekeeper of justice has always handed out injustice, especially towards racial minorities. That's why I want to talk about judicial white privilege and judicial white privilege
1: primarily okay so along the way while I'm doing the show oh by the way
0: uh i uh, I by the way I'm not good with the calling so I'll be happy to uh put some folks in the caller as a call uh, as a speaker and uh, uh feel free to join if you so choose okay
1: just you know unmute yourself if you want to talk and I will stop. Uh, While doing, uh, I have
0: eight or nine episodes, I forgot. In the middle of doing the episodes, there is this uh, Buffalo shooting. And uh, uh, Buffalo shooting uh, brought up this, uh, what is called, Uh, 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 Great Replacement Theory, which is from France. Uh, great replacement theory, right? And, uh, of course, uh, way before I'm organizing this show, I already know what the CRT is, critical race theory. Okay. Here I really want to show to the audience through live broadcast and, you know, and just, you know, by recording this audio is that the original critical race theory is actually, uh, made in America. Critical race theory, OK? So now I'm going to switch to this website link I, I showed it here. This is from the Library of Congress. So this is not fake news. This is a map. The, the name of the map is called uh, Moral and the Political chart of inhabited world. Oh, by the way, again, if you are in the Zoom conference, you will be able to see my screen and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Basically, in this map, which is made around uh, 1826, if I remember correctly, this map actually is used in American schools. They are literally like a critical race theory in today's school. They are taught in school. In this... Uh, moral and the political chart of the inhabited world, uh, the, the people, the, the entire world population is uh, separated uh, by this uh, map as a uh, civilized people, half civilized people, savages, and uh, and just a, a very, very critical views of a different racial minorities. Okay, so this again, this map is used for school. It's uh, it's called the Woodbridge School Atlas. Again, this is a uh, in the in uh, on on the library uh, library of the Congress, and uh, this is the official, original, critical race theory, and it was taught at school. So I just want to make sure everybody understand that. And then I'm going to go to the Great Replacement Theory, okay? This Great Replacement Theory is actually not recent, this is actually from 1896. Back then, the critical, uh, sorry, the the Great Replacement Theory is actually based uh, on this uh, uh, Supreme Court Justice. And his uh, great replacement theory is about Chinese. Okay. This is back to the uh, Chinese Exclusion Act period. Okay. So, I, first of all, I'm going to quote a professor, law professor, I think in University of California. He did a lot of research on this uh, particular uh, judge, uh, Justice, Judges Holland, who is highly praised by the by the legal professions and law schools. But in fact, this guy is a hypocrite, okay? So I'm going to read about it. This is from Professor uh, Chin, C-H-I-N. I'm pretty sure he is a Chinese uh, 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 heritage guy. There is a tiny fault in Harlan's Plessy descent, a slip. After arguing that the government should guarantee equality before the law, of all citizens of the United States without regard to race. The next paragraph by this Justice Holland begins like this. There is a race so different from our own that we do not permit those belonging to it to become citizens of the United States. Persons belonging to it are, with a few exceptions, absolutely excluded from our country. I allude to the Chinese race. But by the statute in question, a Chinaman can ride in the same passage coach with the white citizens of the United States, while citizens of the black race cannot. So basically, Justice Harlan is upset that the black people cannot ride the same train in the same train car with the white people While Chinese can do that, in his opinion, the Chinese should be totally excluded out of the United States. (laughs) So here comes Justice Harlan's great replacement theory. That's his fear. Harlan's extrajudicial comments. In a lecture to a group of law students shortly before the decision of Plessy was released, Harlan commented that the Chinese had long been excluded from American society upon the idea that this is a race utterly foreign to us and never will assimilate with us. Without the exclusion legislation, Holland stated his opinion that vast numbers of Chinese would have rooted out the American population in the Western United States. So let me repeat. Back then, Justice Harlan already stated his opinion that vast numbers of Chinese would have rooted out the American population, I'm pretty sure he means a white population, in the Western United States. That means California, Washington, Oregon, all those places. Now, as we know, even as of today, I don't think Chinese is the majority uh, uh, population in any of those states, period right? So so that's the original great replacement theory back in 1896. So then uh, as I go along, uh, this is the biggest surprise to me because uh, when I was doing the, this research, I ran out of cases because all this project is based on actual cases, actual what the judges or the justices has decided on this, these racial discrimination cases. Right? So the last good example I want to use is dated 2009. That's involving a Pakistani Muslim. Okay? So I was, uh, uh, the name of that case is called the Iqbal, I-Q-B-A-L. I was running out of good cases. I really want to, I hope there's more. Well, the Supreme Court of the United States came to my rescue. Now, I call it the the Supreme Court is a gift that keeps on giving these days, okay? Because recently, this year, in April, the United States decided a case called the U.S. versus Madero. Madero is a fantastic case because it's a repeat of a racial discrimination case against Puerto Ricans. So I was very shocked that the U.S. Supreme Court is willing to repeat an old case, I believe decided in 1903, 120 years ago. And it's totally discriminatory against the Puerto Ricans. And uh, you know, as if that's not enough, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court handed down the Dobbs versus Jackson, I'm oh, sorry, it's a leaked opinion by Justice Alito. About Dobbs versus Jackson uh, o- uh, overturning Roe v. Wade, and uh, that is another f- horrible decision by the current U.S. Supreme Court, which gives me more ammunition to attack the court intellectually, of course. And uh, so, so I am going to. You you uh, uh, talk a great deal about it. As a matter of fact, this coming week I believe is the final week of the U.S. Supreme Court for this uh, term, and they will have to release this uh, their decision overturning Roe v. Wade. And uh, you probably heard in the news the the police already is uh, raising the fences around the U.S. Supreme Court uh, in preparation for the for protest. Right. So so that is the uh, Dobbs versus Jackson. And, and other, uh, more is that there is a leak investigation going on on the U.S. Supreme Court, which is totally done illegally. So let me repeat, what, is, what the U.S. Supreme Court is doing in regard to finding out who leaked the, the draft opinion of Dobbs versus Jackson itself is totally violated due process of the law by the highest court. Of the land, so that just gave me a lot of uh, ammunition. So I was going to have a lot of content uh, because Dobbs versus Jackson will give me at least four episodes to explain why Dobbs Jackson is so bad, and uh, the leaks investigation can do at least one episode. So in that, I'm going to conclude uh, what I want to talk about. It's about the Juneteenth Day comments, okay? Because these are the things a lot of people. This very lay person does not know. Juneteenth is uh, in regard to the Emancipation Proclamation. And uh, if you Google, I I probably should Google, I'm gonna take my time just a little bit, Google this a little bit so you guys can see. I'm gonna say Emancipation Proclamation statue. There were two statues in Washington, DC. There's one. So, uh, and there's one in Boston. So I'm going to just look up one of these picture. It's called the Emancipation Statue because Juneteenth is about emancipation. So the, basically, this statue is about a black man kneeling in front of Abraham Lincoln. Okay, I'm going to comment about that. What's wrong with this picture? And why I believe celebrating Juneteenth is a little bit out of touch. As I have said in the, in the beginning, the founding father of this country actually did set forth a democratic aspiration. All men are created equal. And this is important, the next one. The rights of a man are a, unalienable by any forms of government. In other words, the freedom is not given by the government. It's a given by God. It cannot be, it's unalienable. No government can take your rights away. So in other words, as, as long as you are born in the United States, your rights and privilege are given to you with no condition to you. Because it's God-given. It's not given by your parents. It's not given by... Your county is not given by the federal government. Okay, that's important. That's applicable to all the white men during the founding father's time. So with that said, if you look at the emancipation statue showing a black man kneeling in front of a Lincoln, that tells you, gives you the message that it is Lincoln who gives the freedom to the slaves, when in fact, under the Constitution of the United States, All slaves are born free men. Okay? So to add this insult to the injury is this, which, you know, you can research yourself. What is the Emancipation Proclamation? A lot of people don't know about this. Emancipation Proclamation is a military order given by Lincoln as a commander-in-chief During a war. What he said is this. Remember, Lincoln is a lawyer. He is doing everything according to the law. He is, Emancipation Proclamation is not a a, a law freeing all the states, uh, slaves. Remember, slaves are the properties of slave owners. The South is having a war. The slave owners are having a war, have a rebellion against the Union. So they are the enemy of the Union. So the enemy have houses, horses, cows, all monies, everything, right? If you uh, occupy an enemy and uh, where the, his, this enemy's property goes, the Union army can do whatever they want. Because you are fighting with the enemy. So, Emancipation Proclamation is actually treating the slaves as the property of enemy combatants. Let me repeat, Emancipation Proclamation is actually treating the slaves as the property of the enemies seized by the Union Army. Therefore, as a commander-in-chief, Lincoln is, is authorized to do whatever he wants to do with the properties of his enemies. So he did that. So in other words, the free slaves actually is freed as a property, not as a human being, not as a full citizen of the United States. Okay, so the statue showing Lincoln actually give freedom to a black man kneeling in front of him is very misleading. Because it tells you it's the white man who give the a, a white man, a great white man, give the black man freedom. That's not true. Because under the founding father's principle, all men are created equal and the rights of men are unalienable by any government. Not by, but, you know, unalienable by any president, any Governors, any local counties, and any police. Okay, so that is what the message I want to convey today as a Juneteenth celebration. Because I want to remind people, in my opinion, Juneteenth, the true meaning of it, the Emancipation Proclamation itself, the true meaning of it must be clarified to all the population, regardless of their race. Okay, and because uh, to hide this truth is just irresponsible. And uh, with that, I will, you know, that's all I want to talk about. Uh, I ha- I can see you met. I apologize if I uh, put your name uh, sp- pronounce your name wrong. Uh, Don't
2: worry about it. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: y- y- any comments you want to share with me?
2: Well, uh, I've listened to uh, to what you have uh, have, uh, have read and have told. Uh, well, me at this moment. And I can't help but think that this is a remnant of uh, the, um, how do you say it? The, the, um, uh, a remnant of the colonization of the world by Western Europe. And by Western Europe, I mean the United States is also uh, uh, the continuation of this kind of colonization that was, uh, that was happened all over the world. I mean, you also know how the British, uh, how the British treated uh, treated China in, um, I think, before eighteen hundred. I mean, the Opium Wars. Uh, yes. Something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Go and ahead. I think that this- I think that the legislation that we that, that you have over there in the United States and the remnants of this is, is still that's still there is is also uh, uh, something that is left over by this by this uh, um, yeah uh, old world or old imperialism um, continued into the new imperialism continued by yes, the newest yes. imperialism. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, is, is it you uh, uh, met or uh, is it you met? Umin. Yeah. Umin. I, Umin. I want to pronounce it right. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Huh? But I call this. I call it the ember of uh, uh, colonialism, as we yeah. know it. Meaning ember. Meaning some still some hot stuff burning in the ashes of a colonialism, yeah. right? I would say. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean. I I want to uh, focus on my show on the domestic matter only. Domestic matter. Meaning any places that we call the United States, right? Whether it's yeah. Alaska. Puerto Rico and all that, you know, but but I know what you're talking about. The my show actually has some global uh, uh, implications as well. I actually is thinking about doing uh, like a a global forum in regard to you know exactly what this whole thing is, right? And uh, but you're absolutely correct. And I don't want to touch the China topic, even though I am from China uh, originally and all that. It's only because that. I want to beat my enemy, basically the white privilege deniers, in their own game, by the rule of their own game. In other words, if yeah. they say, let's play soccer because the white people are best soccer player. I say, okay, I'll try to yeah. play soccer too. I'll beat you in the soccer game by the rule of soccer game, right? <laughs> so you, you know yeah. what I mean? So I would say, is that, this is your law. This is not my law. The Chinese did not make this law, right? You mm-hmm. said, oh, man, create created equal. How come you exclude us? How come you slave other people, right? So, so yeah. But go ahead. I don't mean to cut you short.
2: Well, I myself, I'm from the Netherlands, and, and I experience uh, the same kind of, um, uh, yeah, same kind of uh, aspects that you also struggle with in, in, in the United States. Uh, albeit in a somewhat different manner, but still, uh, it's very interesting to, to to listen to these things, because also here, in some kind of legislation, uh, uh, discrimination based on what we call race is uh, is uh, has been implemented. Even here in the Netherlands, they have built um, uh, city planning in the 70s, in the 60s and the 70s here in the Netherlands was based on uh, immigrants and that immigrants should be divided uh, from the local population here. So that's very interesting. And and, and, and I see some parallels, uh, what what you were telling, uh, what you were talking about in the United States.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was, uh, I
2: was finished. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I, I, because you brought up point is that I did talk about this uh, because of the Buffalo shooting. Uh, you are probably aware mm-hmm. of in the. Uh, I, t- I spent one episode just about the. the this uh, great replacement theory. Mm-hmm. Europe is different from US because, uh, uh, in in this sense, is this. I'm not saying this great replacement theory in Europe is uh, right. No, they are all totally wrong, which I'll explain later. Is this. America, the entire land, originally belonged to the Native Americans. No other race can call America their ancestral land, right? Euro- yeah. Europeans, white people can call Europe as their ancestral land. So I'm not going to uh, jump out of gun and say, oh, you, uh, Europeans, they cannot bring up this uh, great replacement theory. Well, they have a concern about the population in their ancestral land, right? Mm-hmm. So, but America is different. I mean, nobody is born here. And most of the people, you know, are from some other parts of the world, right? So, yeah. so, so America probably can, should be, it is well equipped to have a more racially harmonic society, right? Because I think I bring it up Vietnam has fifty-six ethnic groups. China has a fifty-five or fifty-six. The ethnic groups. We don't hear a lot of a killing involving ethnic's among uh, against each other in China or Vietnam, or, or mm-hmm. in or yeah. Singapore or, or, or in Rwanda. Rwanda is another place where you know just recently have a genocide, race racial genocide. But yeah. they're okay now. You know after thirty years, right? I I, I mm-hmm. heard it's pretty. But but what I'm trying to say is this: is that America should, should be equipped. To have a racially harmonic society. Europe is a little bit different because uh, I understand those proponents of those great replacement theory, they have worries about their ancestral land and the population. Mm-hmm. But the problem is this it's Europeans who go all over the places, including Dutch, <laughs> colonize <laughs> no, those people. You're yeah, because, right. because they are the ones who go up first. We mean they exercise mm-hmm. the great replacement theory to the other territories. So they yeah. they really cannot complain now, say, oh, by the way, we don't want this anymore. We kind of, you know, it's like in a soccer game played in the middle of the game. We want to change the rule now. We want to widen the, the gate, you know, the goalposts and all that. No, that doesn't work that way, you know. So that's why I, I think in Europe, it's a little bit different. And uh, because you see in the Ukrainian war for the war refugees from Ukraine, they will happily mm. accept Ukrainian because the Ukrainian are considered white. Not just white; they are whiter than the Russians, right? The Russians want to join the European Union and the mm-hmm. NATO. They say, "No, you are not white enough for us." But Ukrainian, yes, you are white enough for us, right? Yeah. And uh, so that—that yeah. uh, that is, you know, just just the uh, you know th- again, what I'm saying is that there is some global implication in what I'm talking about here, <laughs> because it goes back <laughs> to that uh, you know 1826 yeah. original critical race theory, you know, that's applicable. To
2: the entire world yeah. right
0: so so any other questions you met?
2: no 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 that's it uh, that's it i uh, was just uh very uh yeah interested in listening to uh what you what you just uh, what you just read for us i mean uh, uh law is is uh is very dry and uh, uh, you you need to to um you need to concentrate very well about uh how things are written down. I mean, uh, yeah, lawmakers have uh, this thing with language. I mean, they have to uh, codify it, and it's its different from any other kind of language use, I think. And it was, uh, you're uh, right. That's why you're I found it very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because
0: you're right, because I love this topic, because law is supposed to be like a scientifically accurate right, and consistent, right? You have to mm-hmm. apply this uh, written language to, to the conduct of people and all that. So, so this is why. Uh, and I, 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 so you, you are based in uh, in 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 Holland, is that right? You yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Correct.
0: Yeah. In, in, in America, there's uh, American football. Uh, there's a very famous mm-hmm. coach. Uh, this famous coach, uh, his name is uh, Bill Parcell, I believe. He he has a famous saying that, "Uh, uh, you are what your record said, what you are." Yeah. Just don't brag about it because in football, they keep scores. <laughs> you know, you, if you win and lose record is bad, then you're bad. If you win and yeah. lose the record is good, then you're good. There's no other way around. So, so, so I'm focused on, okay, this is actually what the justice said. They, they write it themselves on the paper mm-hmm. saying this. Yeah, And that's the, you yeah. know, and they, and there's no way they can get away from this. They can, oh, you know, they cannot find those, uh, you know, usual excuses and, uh, for those uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, the, the, in my opinion, systemic oppression and you know, colonization and all
2: that. So, yeah. Uh, well, maybe thank we... you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Peter, Go ahead. Maybe just one question: uh, uh, Is this still uh, a part of 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 uh, of law? I mean, uh, uh, you, you're talking about um, judicial. Am I am I correct? Judicial white privilege. Is it still is it still in the, in, in in inside of some text in uh, in the United States?
0: It's not. This is what I want to. Uh, this will, I'm, I'm glad you asked this because I was asking this question to everyone regardless of the race, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, America is a capitalist society. I don't have a problem with that, but in a capitalist society, each trade want to make a profit for themselves, right? So for all those lawyers, are they uh, there as a capitalist making money for themselves or are they there to advocate for justice? So yeah. so the especially in a situation like in America, we started as a multiracial society. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and and in those situations when there's a racial injustice, should the lawyers look up after their profit, their trade, or should they yeah. go after the justice? The, the, unfortunately, what all I can tell is this both the lawyers and judges and the so called the bar associations, basically the trade union for the for the lawyers. And the judges, yeah. they are just looking after their own profiteering opportunities. So, so that's the problem in this situation. I call it a racialized capitalist society. You know, We, we imported the English law from England, the founding fathers. But England is a old white society. It probably worked oh. there, but, but it did not work here. Because that's, you know, you know, because lawyers, they're capitalists. I, I don't have a problem with that. But we have to find a solution is that when, when there's a choice between money, profit versus justice, what is the motivation for any lawyers or judges to go after the justice instead of going after the money?
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm just uh, I'm just thinking about. Isn't this uh, also uh, uh, a conflict between uh, uh, contribution to society and individualism? Uh, it it sounds like um, yeah, people want more for themselves. Uh, like you just just said, uh, some some sort of um, 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 capitalism is is more like we want to make profit. Profit is uh, paramount. Uh, versus uh, what is um, what is good for, uh, for all. I mean, if you look at uh, uh, law like that, I mean, you have the spirit of the law and you have the letter of the law. And most of the time, uh, the last uh, couple of years, as I see it, that the letter of the law is being used for the capitalist uh, uh, um, uh, uh, endeavor, like making as much profit as we can. Which in um, yeah, which uh, many um, treaties have been uh, have been signed. I mean, look at the NAFTA for instance. Um, I think that's we should more move toward the spirit of the law. Like, what is the meaning? What is the why was this law written? Uh, if you understand what I mean. And mm-hmm. how does it contribute to the society as a whole instead of uh, individuals? Mm-hmm. Am I mm-hmm. correcting that or am I wrong?
0: Uh, that's a great question. I actually want to have a more, I, I call it the American progressives someday, to have a conversation uh, mm-hmm. because that is a question that I don't think I have a solid answer to offer yet. Right now you can tell I'm just in the uh, critical mood of just saying this does not seem to work, right? And because as mm-hmm. I pointed out in the prior shows, I said, uh, you are, you are in, in, in Europe. You learn a lot of mass shootings in America, right? Yeah. I called it, uh, uh, intra-racial shooting. There's a lot of black on black shootings in Chicago, awesome. in Baltimore. Yeah. You, you know that, right? Yeah. I called it intra-racial mm-hmm. shooting. There's an inter-racial mass shooting, right? Yeah. And also, there's a uh, intrafamiliar, meaning the parents killing their own children, yeah. a lot, a lot in America. And uh, all these issues, one thing, this, uh, mm-hmm. to get justice, individuals have to use the Second Amendment rights to use a gun, to shoot. Yeah, they cannot say they cannot say, okay, if I go to the police department, I can resolve these uh, grievances with my neighbor or with whoever. Mm-hmm. They just say, "Okay, there's no point to go over the justice system in America. You know, you, you you'll be screwed, especially if you're a racial minority, right?" And uh, they just say, "Let me just put the, uh, pick up a gun and shoot, right?" Yeah. So, you know, have you heard uh, uh, this word "anti-snitch" uh, in African American communities? Anti-snitch. Anti-snitch. No. Ever heard? Okay. No. What happens is this in African American communities. Very often, if someone witnesses a murder, a shooting, they will never talk to the police. Even if they witness who killed who, because they just don't want to get involved with the police.
2: And I think there's a lack of trust in the in the police. Well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Not
0: these days. Not only just the black folks doesn't trust the justice system. The white folks mm-hmm. does not do not trust. Yeah the justice system either, right? So that's okay. why I find it to be, uh, now the women no longer trust the justice system because the, the abortion rights mm-hmm. are taken away by the U.S. Supreme Court, right? That's why the Supreme Court has to be fenced. <laughs> you know, what kind of Supreme Court is that? You're afraid of people coming up to your steps, right? So, yeah, wow. and uh, okay. it's, a, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead
2: can can i uh, maybe this is uh, also uh, an observation from the outside of course but is it uh-huh. can can we say that the united states is is suffering from some sort of paranoia from each other uh, everybody fences themselves in afraid of uh, of the other is 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 that a correct uh, analysis or is that uh, too too much maybe
0: uh <sighs> The problem with America is, uh, what I should say, it's, uh, it's deep. Uh, how deep it is, I don't know how much you know the history of America. Uh, in around the s- 1968, around the time when uh, Martin Luther King was uh, assassinated and uh, there was a whole bunch of other assassinations and all that, the uh, height of mm-hmm. the Vietnam War, America went through, in my opinion, a very similar process. Back then. Yeah. I think we are in the exact same stage today. The only okay. difference is that, in my opinion, though, in my opinion, is that the media is no longer on the on the side of the people. The media is uh, very much on the side of the U.S. government. And as you know, like uh, you probably know a lot about the Julian Assange's case, right? Yeah. That's just an example that you, you do not see a lot of uh, mainstream media such as New York Times, Washington Post, uh, 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 come forward and, and uh, tell the government, tell the British government, say you cannot do this because uh, for you know, whatever reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but uh, uh, on the contrary, when the when the Pentagon paper was leaked by this guy, Daniel Ellsberg, all the mm-hmm. media is gang up against the government. Because they know then, they said the government is the criminal when they do the, did the Vietnam War, right? Nowadays, the media yeah. is like, oh, Afghanistan war, Iraq war, uh, you know, we're kind of part of it, you know, we kind of support it. And we don't mm-hmm. want to mess with the government, right? So that's the difference these days. And, uh, and uh, you know, because when media is giving up, then the people lose hope. They, this government is absolutely, you know, out of control, that including the courts is out of is, mm-hmm. you know are getting out of control in america so so uh and uh yeah you can keep uh, uh look at us as a laughing stock from from across the pond no right?
2: no no of course not of course not i mean uh, here in the netherlands as well i, I see some kind of um uh, change within society itself which is in my uh, in my own opinion uh something that is the culture is being infected by uh, these uh, uh, by what is what has been happening at uh, on your side of the ocean. Let's say it like this: uh, we, uh, for many years, we have seen you as uh, as an example. Me too. I mean, I, uh, as the American culture, I, I love to watch uh, the TV shows that you that you brought to us. Um I loved some parts of the of the culture that you brought to us like uh, some sort of uh, there was there was some sort of like, how do you say it um, um consciousness there still is I mean uh, I've been listening to Colin for about 3 weeks and I've learned a lot about the American people so it's still there but there there seems to be some kind of like i said this 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 individualism this um, 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 this uh, some kind of selfishness that has that has been grown out of it that that ha- was not here before i mean uh, it, it it it's uh, and and, and it, it's it's coming to our uh, to our countries as well it's it's here it's here already and oh interesting well, you're saying that you
0: you you believe this influence is becoming bad for 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 netherlands basically well, for Dutch, not just for, for the Netherlands,
2: for 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 the whole European Union. I mean, it's, oh, really? It's, okay, it's, I see. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And um, yeah, I'm afraid that uh, yeah, you see uh, similarities in how media covers some things. I think uh, the 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 coverage of of uh, Julian Assange is is uh, here uh, as as much as uh, it is over there in uh, in the United oh. States. Oh okay are, interesting yeah mm-hmm. go ahead how things go are ahead going go in. Huh? How things interesting are going in uh, in how, how uh, the, the 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 war in the ukraine is 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 being viewed is almost uh, the same as over there i mean uh, but, I um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's 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 like uh, some sort of uh, a switch has been flipped and every nose is just what, uh, just points in one direction you know Got it. I see. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, well, then, so, yeah. Uh, we know we certainly can have a more conversation about those uh, down the road. Because uh, I do believe this original critical race theory, uh, dated mm-hmm. 1826, uh, uh, again it's called the Moral and the Political Chart of the Inhabited World, literally is still relevant today. Like uh, who are savages, who are semi sim- civilized. Like in that chart, which I'm looking at right now, Russians are not considered to be, you know, they are worse than the Japanese and the Chinese. The Chinese and Japanese yeah. are considered half civilized. Uh, I think Russians are considered almost like savages. And of course, yeah. most of the African countries are considered to be savages. And the same with the Native Americans in America, you know. So it's, I think it's still ring true today in this chart, you know, mm-hmm. in Europe and in the US. So, so. But well, thank you again for you know listening in, and uh, and uh, and uh, we will have more conversations in the future.
2: Okay, Peter, many thanks uh, as well, and uh, I hope to speak to you soon.
0: Same here. Thank you. Thank okay, you. with that, everyone, and
1: uh, I will close uh, t- today's episode. Thanks, everyone. So, bye.